Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Uh, welcome to those of you in the room. Welcome to those of you joining us online. We're glad that you're here. And we like to begin our services with this greeting. Christians have been using this for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Yeah, we, we believe that that's true, that the Lord is with us, uh, that whenever we focus our attention on him, especially when we gather together, uh, but even if you're watching right now just at, at your own place, uh, on your own, God is with you. Uh, God doesn't keep his distance from us. He meets us right where we live. Uh, so let's pray to him as we begin today. Thank you, God, for your love for us that led you to come to us in your son, Jesus Christ, seeing us in our mess that we make of our lives, uh, that, that we keep making of these lives you give us and this world you give us. And uh, God, you just couldn't bear to see us continue down that road. So you came to us in your son, Jesus Christ, to shine light into our darkness, to bring life where we had brought death. Uh, to turn us around and to give us hope. So thank you, God, that today, because of Jesus, we can gather together and worship you. Uh, we, can, we can admit to you our faults and find forgiveness. We can come to you with our worries and find peace. We can come to you with our concerns, our, uh, our uncertainties. You can give us wisdom. You can guide us. You can strengthen us for this life that you call us to live. God, we are so grateful. And, uh, and I pray that you'd help us over the course of this next hour. Whether it's a song that we sing or a prayer we pray, maybe one of the scriptures that we read, or, or maybe as we come together around the table of our Lord Jesus, God, I pray that at some point today, we might really sense a connection with you. You're the one who made us. You're the one who loves us. You're the one who's invited us into this worship service today. So, uh, so help us, God, just to accept your invitation and to be open to connecting with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able, interested, let's stand and let's sing as we begin. Oh God, our 
Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is
Give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken, and great are you, Lord. You give life.
And all the earth will shout your praise Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you lord and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will Let's continue that prayer. I will exalt you, my God and my King, and I will praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great are you, Lord. You're most worthy of praise. No one can measure your greatness. Father, we do thank you for your, your greatness in, in who you are. Lord, there, there's no words that can adequately express our praise to you this morning, Father. All we can do is offer you this, this offering of worship through song and through prayer and offer you the, the sacrifice of our lives, Lord, in honor and glory to you. You are a good God, a great God, but Lord, you also love us. Love us in a way we could never imagine. You love us in a way that sent your son to the cross for us. And through his death and his resurrection, we can be united in right relationship with you so that we can have intimate fellowship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What a great and awesome thing that is, Father. I know I sometimes forget just how big you are, just how great you are, just how good you are, Lord, and I've reduced you down to my terms. And I thank you, Lord, for the reminder this morning that you alone are worthy to be praised. You alone are worthy to be worshiped. You alone are God. And I give you thanks for that this morning. Lord, I thank you for each person here in this room and joining us online, wherever they may be and whenever they may be, Lord. I ask that you would bless each one. 
some who have come through great weeks this week. They've had great things happen. They've, they've had great fellowship with family and friends. They've been able to go to work, go to school, go to the places they need to go. And they've just had a good week, Lord. Some of us, Father, have not had that week. Some of us have had struggles that we weren't anticipating. Some of us have had struggles that we have anticipated. Regardless of what our week looked like, Lord, you walked with us and you did not leave us. You did not forsake us just as you have promised us. And so, Father, we thank you for both circumstances, for all circumstances, that in those and through those, you are with us always. I ask that you'll be with the rest of this service. Lord, as we, as we dig into the book of Deuteronomy, it can be a little daunting. We don't always understand it. There's a lot in there that doesn't make sense to us, but I pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. That we would learn from this, this strange book in the, in the Old Testament. Maybe it's one we haven't studied very much, but let us know more of you through it. Be with Pastor Rich as he brings us the word that you have given him for this morning. For all these things, Lord, we do thank you. We praise you. We give you all glory and honor and blessing. And we ask them in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. Please take a few moments, as you will, and pass the peace amongst yourselves. Everybody, oh yeah, there we go. Hopefully, everybody got one of these little uh, handouts when you walked in. Um, for those of you watching uh, online, the, the announcements and the scriptures and all that stuff will be on the screen in just a minute. But uh, one thing that's on the front there, if you uh, if you'd like to connect with us, you can go to livinghope.info/connect. And uh, especially those of you who are watching online, we'd love to hear from you that way, so that we can know how to pray for you, or thank God with you, or answer a question you might have. Uh, the folks that are gathered in the room, we can just go back and grab one of those little green cards and jot a note on that. And as long as you give me your contact info, I can follow up with you and let you know I'm praying for you or answer your question, whatever it might be, uh, just drop that card in the little box back there. That's the offering box. If you're giving something today, you can drop that in there. Or you can give online. Um, thank you to all of you who continue to give faithfully just for the day in, day out stuff that we do. You guys respond well when we have special needs, when we're raising money for Habitat or when we're doing something for uh, the crisis care kits or all those kinds of things. You guys respond. But then you also just respond to the, the ordinary week in, week out opportunities to give to help push the mission of Christ forward here in Valparaiso and around the world, and we are grateful for that. Thank you, um, especially to those of you who just, uh, who, who make it a habit, you know, who make that a regular part of your routine. Uh, the online thing has made it a lot easier for us to do that. Uh, we were already were committed to that before, but, you know, you'd have a week where you forgot the checkbook or something like that, and now we just set it, and it happens every Month. We do it monthly. Yeah. Happens every month. And um, we don't have to worry about forgetting the book or anything like that. Uh, we, we give to God uh, regularly. And uh, some, several of you do too. So thank you. Uh, thank you for your consistency with that. We don't have to sit around and stress about we're going to have enough money this month to keep doing stuff or to keep the lights on and all that. So thank you. Uh, let's see. There are a bunch of things mentioned on the back. And one of those, I think, is the uh, Global 6K for Water. That is coming up in two weeks from yesterday. Uh, is We're going to be right across the, park, uh, across the street in the, in the park. If you'd like to join us, go to valpo6k.com. And you can use this uh, code EMPOWERMOMS all week. Uh, one of the groups of people, kids, are impacted heavily by the lack of clean water in all these communities. Um, but uh, women, in, in particular, are as well. 
And so with Mother's Day, uh, the folks at World Vision like to pair this with some kind of an opportunity. So they had a bunch of donors saying, hey, in the lead up to Mother's Day, uh, let's encourage people to join, encourage people to participate, because your registration will provide clean water for a child in another country. And they'll send you that little, that little deal. Oh, I left it somewhere. That little uh, <laughs> race bib that's got that child's face and name and country and all of that. Yeah, and there are a bunch of samples out there if you want to see what that looks like. So Valpo6k.com this week is uh, it's kind of the last chance. But as long as you register, I think, by the 15th, you'll still get your T-shirt and everything before that Saturday uh, in time to wear it with us. We'll be a, a sea of orange making our way around the, around the track over there, uh, walking, running, strolling, however it is you want to do it. And that same day, we're going to have uh, the folks from the Oddfellows out in the parking lot giving away bikes. So if you have a bike to donate or if you uh, know somebody that needs a bike, invite them. Say, hey, our church is giving away free bikes this Saturday, the 20th, not this Saturday, sorry, the 20th, and uh, 9 to noon, they'll be out there, and uh, this is their is this their first one of the summer, I think? It's their first one here this summer. Uh, so they might have a few stacked up that they're just ready to give out, that they've been uh, receiving donations through the winter. So that'll, that'll be going on that same day. And then the next day, so that's going to be a busy weekend. Next weekend's busy. It's Mother's Day, right? Uh, but then the weekend after that, we got the 6K and the bike thing and on Sunday, breakfast. So you 9 o'clock folks, it's easy because you just like, you don't even have to remember. You're here, and you're just like, oh, there's breakfast between the services? Great, I'll stick around and eat a second breakfast if you, you know, already ate before you came. Um, it's the folks in the next service. I'm going to have to remind and tell them to put it on their calendar and all that because they have to show up early. So between the services on the 21st, we're going to have breakfast, and um, it'll be good. So we'll just eat right in here, and, uh, and you get to talk to somebody maybe you haven't had a chance to talk to very much, or somebody you just spent like 30 seconds talking to, you can spend 30 minutes talking to over some... Uh, I don't have any idea if it's going to be scrambled eggs or, or if it's going to be uh, biscuits and gravy. Howard hasn't decided yet. All right. <laughs> oh, but it's always good. So, so anyway, so yeah, these next couple of weeks ought to be fun. Um, this morning, yeah, we are diving into the book of Deuteronomy, like Pastor Judy just mentioned. And uh, to get us started with that, uh, I, I want us to watch that little five-minute uh, video from the folks at Bible Project. So can we, uh, can we hit play on that? All right. The book of Deuteronomy, the epic conclusion to the Torah, and spoiler alert, Moses is going to die. Now, in order to understand this book, we need to remember the story so far. So Israel has escaped from slavery in Egypt. Then they spend one year at Mount Sinai. This is where they made the covenant with God to obey all of these laws. Then they wander around the desert for 40 years before they make it to the Jordan River, which is right across from the land God promised them. They're ready to go in. This is where the book of Deuteronomy begins. And what this book is really is a speech. Moses gives these final words, it's like a pep talk, to the new generation of Israel that's about to go into the land. And the speech, it's broken up into three large sections. So Moses begins the first part of the speech with a somber tone because he's highlighting Israel's rebellion and resistance, which has been going on for the last 40 years. And that sets up the rest of this opening section, which is Moses' challenge to this new generation to be different from their parents and to respond to God's grace with love and obedience. So he reminds them of the Ten Commandments, like the basics of the covenant, and then he gives them this very famous line. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
Now, in Jewish tradition, this is called the Shema because the first Hebrew word in this line is Shema Yisrael. And this became a very important prayer in Judaism, said twice a day. And it emphasizes the Israelites' exclusive commitment to their God, the one true God who loved them and who rescued them from slavery. Right, because they're about to go into a land where people are worshiping many other gods. And Moses thinks that loyalty to the Lord, their God, is the only way to life. Now, notice these key words in the Shema, listen and love. You're going to find these words all over this opening section of the speech. The word listen in Hebrew means more than just let sound waves come into your ears. It includes the idea of responding to what you hear. So for Israel, this means responding to God's grace by obeying the laws of the covenant. And then listen is always followed by love. Yeah, so love is the true motivation for obeying the laws. Israel won't obey without love, and they don't truly love if they don't obey. So there's this tight connection between loving and listening that runs through the entire book. And so Moses tells them that if they do listen and love, they will fulfill their original calling as the family of Abraham to show all of the nations the wisdom and justice of God and so become a blessing to them. The second big section in Deuteronomy is a large block of laws and commands. And this is where the book gets its name. Deuteronomy means a second law. And it's because many of these laws we've heard before. In fact, in the first line of the book, we're told that Moses is here explaining or clarifying the laws. So he's repeating and expanding on the laws, making them relevant to this new generation. There's laws about how Israel's to worship God, laws about their leadership structure, laws about social justice, and then some more laws about their worship. Now, after all of the laws, Moses warns Israel of the consequences of their obedience or disobedience, or in his words, the blessing or the curse. If they listen and love, they will experience blessing and abundance in the land. And if they don't, there's going to be famine and plagues and they'll be forced off their land into exile. And that brings us to the final section of his speech. Yeah, here Moses says, I set before you today life or death, blessing or curse. So choose life. But then things get really interesting because after 40 years with these people, Moses knows they're not going to obey. And so he predicts their failure and even their future exile from the promised land. And he focuses on what he thinks is the true source of the problem, that they have hard and selfish hearts. It's as if Israel is incapable of truly loving God in a way that brings about obedience. But this problem isn't unique to Israel. Yeah, in fact, Moses, when he's using this language about blessing and curse, he's tying Israel's story all the way back to all humanity's story from Genesis 1 through 3. So Adam and Eve, they were blessed by God just like Israel and given a choice to trust and obey God like Israel. And then they rebelled and brought a curse on the land like Moses knows Israel is going to do. And so these stories, they're about Israel's hard heart, but they're actually a window into the universal human condition. But Moses doesn't give up hope entirely. That's right. He says that somehow on the other side of Israel's exile, God promises to transform their heart so that one day they truly can listen and love. In the final chapters, Joshua is appointed as the new leader of Israel. And then Moses takes the entire law code, the one he just predicted Israel would break. That's right. And he puts it into the Ark of the Covenant. And then Moses hikes up to the top of a mountain so he can see the promised land from afar. And then he dies. And that's how the Torah ends. Which is a strange place to end the story. I mean, it's right 
there at the climax. Will they obey the laws and live faithfully in the land or not? Well, the story does continue right into Joshua, the next book of the Bible, but this is the end of the Torah, and it's been ended here for a reason. The Torah is written for people who are either outside of the land or who are still waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise to bless the whole world. And so now as each generation reads the Torah, they find themselves called to hope in what Moses hoped for, a new transformed heart that one day can truly listen and love. Yeah. So uh, I am so grateful for the folks at Bible Project. Uh, in fact, I'm going to recommend you watch a whole series of their videos later this week, but that's, that's at the end. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so Deuteronomy is a, a second telling, a second law, uh, because in the story, um, well, actually, we can just start at the very beginning of the book. You've got there in your notes, Deuteronomy chapter 1. It says, these are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan, that is, in the Arabah, opposite, uh, between, and all these different place names. All right. Uh, he's saying, you're right at, they're right at the border, Okay. The, the Jordan River is what separates the land of Israel from the land to the east of it. And so they've made their way, they're right at the edge, but they're still on the outside. And then there's this little parenthetical thing in verse 2 says, It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. Horeb is another name for Sinai, the mountain where they met with God, got the commandments, all of that. Kadesh Barnea is kind of where they are now, the, the same place where they sent the spies into the land way back when. They, they, they make sure to point out, it takes 11 days to get there. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. So it's like they go out of their way right at the beginning to say, this could have been a much shorter trip, right? This was an 11-day journey from the mountain where you met with God and committed yourself to him and he committed himself to you. It could have just been, you know, two weeks, you know, hike over there, uh, trust God and go into the land. But instead, because they rebelled against him, and we read about that back in Exodus and Numbers, and because they had rebelled against God, oh, I guess it was in Numbers, sorry, um, <clears throat> they, the, that generation had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until they all died. And it's their, their kids now, the next generation that's going to enter the land. And that's part of the reason why we have to have this, this book. Um, because now it's a new generation. And so Moses is saying, all right, your parents heard us explain all this back of the mountain, and you heard it too, but you were young. So let me recap it all for you before we go in, or before you go in, because Moses isn't going to get to. And then uh, he says, east of the Jordan, in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound this law, saying, and then he goes on. So he's expounding upon it. He's explaining it. He's um, He's helping them understand what this law means for them. This law that God gave to their parents way back 40 years ago, how, is, how are you going to live this out in the land that you're being sent into? And for the next uh, couple of chapters, he basically recaps the journey so far. It's the same thing that your favorite TV shows do, right? When they start that next week's episode and they give you, you know, previously on, whatever. That's, that's what you get at the beginning of Deuteronomy. And he kind of walks them through, here's the journey we've been on. And it's interesting if you want to read that later, and I hope you will. One reason that we're doing this this year, where we take a book of the Bible each month, is so that you can read that book of the Bible and then we can talk about part of it on Sundays. You can come out on Wednesday nights or whatever you get together and, uh, and talk about what you've been reading. Maybe it's the part that we just discussed Sunday. Maybe it's some other part that jumped out at you. Um, but to give you a chance to like, yeah, let's, let's dig into this a little bit. Let's read this book of Deuteronomy. And if you do, you'll find, yeah, uh, there's a lot of the same stuff we've heard already uh, with some little tweaks. And it's interesting to hear the, the angle that they put on it. Uh, for example, Moses, as he's telling the story, um, 
You might remember Moses doesn't get into the promised land because there was this moment with bringing water out of a rock and God had said, speak to the rock. And Moses got ticked off and like struck the rock instead. And God still provided water for them in the wilderness. But after that little moment of disobedience, God says, okay, I guess you won't get to go into the promised land either. In Deuteronomy, as he's telling them, uh, it's like three or four times in the opening chapters, he says, it's because of you that I don't get to go into this land. Uh, he, he like puts it all on them. He doesn't, he doesn't own it at all. Uh, he just says, because of you, God was angry with me and I don't get to go. Um, so it's just interesting to, to hear how the story gets told to this next generation. But you get to chapter four and Moses says, now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you, do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you. Now it's, it's just what they were talking about in that video, that like listening to God, hearing God speak, hearing his commands, uh, it includes that requirement to like do something about that. You know, you hear it and follow it, hear it and keep it. It reminds me of Jesus at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, where he says, you know, those who listen to what I say and put it into practice. They're like that wise person who builds on a solid foundation, the storms of life come and their house stands firm. But if people who hear what I say and don't put it into practice, they're like the foolish person just builds right on ground level on the sand and the storms come and the house goes splat, right? It's like hearing it includes like doing something with it or you weren't really listening in the first place, I think is what they're, what they're saying. It doesn't do you any good. Uh, I've been thinking about this, uh, I was just thinking about this yesterday. We had some family visiting from Wisconsin, and um, our boys, uh, seven years old, and they're wonderful, and we love them. I have to say that first because of what I'm about to say. Uh, <clears throat> because, you know, they struggle sometimes to listen, right? We, we need them to, to hurry up or put down your tablets. Come on, let's go. Time to brush teeth. We've got to get to school. We don't want to be late. And, and you know... I don't know sometimes that they're hearing me. Sometimes I have to go up to them or like if they're watching TV, I have to reach out, find the remote and pause it. And then they're like, hmm, what, what, what? And then they're, then they're listening, right? Or at least they're hearing me. They might not be listening. They might not do what I say then. They might resist. They might push back. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the day is going to come someday down the road. They're not there yet. I'm guessing the day is going to come where I'm going to say something to them. I'm going to you know, go do whatever. I'm going to come back. They won't have done it. And I've said, you're not listening to me. And I know the day's going to come where one of them's going to say something like, oh, I'm listening. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping that's going to be several years from now before that comes out of their mouths. But, um, but I can just, that's, yes, when they become teenagers, I'm, I'm sure. But um, <clears throat> I know, I know, I know it's on its way. That's what I'm, you know, that's what Moses is trying to guard against with all of this, Right? He's trying to guard against people who say, like, yes, we hear it, and yes, it's good, and then just go do something else. He's saying, look, you, you need to hear this. You need to listen. You need to follow these things. Keep these commands so that it will go well for you. He says in verse 3, then, you saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Peor. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Peor. Peor is the place. Baal is the name of the, of the God there. But all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. That's the moment. Uh, was it just last week that we talked about Balaam and his talking donkey and all of that? And how uh, it's the end of the book of Numbers or near the end. And, and uh, Balaam keeps trying to curse Israel, but God doesn't listen. just turns it all into blessings. And, and right after that story, um, 
it says the people of Israel are at Peor and they begin to worship Baal, or begin to worship the God there because the Israelite guys are into the Midianite women or Moabite women, I forget. Anyway, one of the ites. Uh, they're into those ladies and they're going with them to worship at their temples and worshiping these other gods. And in other parts of scripture, uh, they say that Balaam kind of like gave them that idea. Like, oh, you want to you get Israel away from this God who's blessing them? Uh, send your best-looking ladies out and have them invite them to, you know, to their temple. And that will entice them away. So that's what he's referring back to. You saw what God did, destroyed those who wandered off from him, but those of you who held fast, you're still alive, you're here. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? He says this is going to be, the way you live this out is going to be an example to the nations. It's going to say something to them about who this God is. Because they're going to see, man, these people are different. The way they live is, is different. Their God really responds when they pray. They, they truly trust him. I, I hope the same can be true of us today, right? I mean, that's, that's Jesus' intention is that as we trust and follow him, our lives look different. Because if we just listen to him and don't put it into practice, our lives just look like everybody else's. You know, we, they crumble at the first sign of a storm just like anybody else's life does. But if we trust him and put his words into practice, well, then our life looks different. We've got a strength. We've got a... Um, <clears throat> we've got a, an example that, that others see and think, hmm, wow, this is remarkable. Only be careful, he says in verse 9, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. He says you got to be careful because it's going to be easy to forget. You're going to get going in life and you're going to kind of forget what God's done. For you, for your parents, for your grandparents. You're going to forget God's faithfulness down through the ages. Um, you're going to forget what God has said as you make your way through. Later on, he talks about, uh, he gets specifically, he says, like, you know, you're going, to get, you're going to do well. You're not going to be living in tents in the wilderness anymore. You're going to have, like, houses. You're going to be established. You're going to have farms. You're going to, and they're going to grow. And you're going to have, you know, you're going to get wealthy. And you're going to think, man, life's good. What do I need? I'm not thinking about God anymore. You know, this is good land. And, you're going to forget about God. He says, don't, don't do that. Says, don't forget. Don't let it fade. He says, teach them to your children, to their children after them. We'll probably look at that next week uh, on Mother's Day. But, so he's, he's getting into now, like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this stuff. And I'm going to make sure you know it so that you can do it, so that your life can be a good one. And then uh, a few verses later, he says, now, ask, about, ask now about the former days, long before your time, from the day God created human beings on the earth. He's saying, you know, ask, go ahead, we'll tell you from the, from the beginning, you know, going back to Genesis. Ask from one end of the heavens to the other, has anything so great as this ever happened? Or has anything like it ever been heard of? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of fire as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to take for himself one nation out of another nation by testings, by signs and wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds like all the things you, the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes? Says, has this ever happened? God has done remarkable things for you. You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Besides him, there is no other. 
from heaven. He made you hear his voice to discipline you. On earth, he showed you his great fire, and you heard his words from out of the fire. Because he loved your ancestors and chose their descendants after them, he brought you out of Egypt by his presence and his great strength to drive out before you nations greater and stronger than you and to bring you into their land to give it to you for your inheritance as it is today. It's like, here we are today ready for this, ready for this to happen. God has done all these amazing things, so now trust him, he's saying, because God is about to do more amazing things. Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. Keep his decrees and commands, which I'm giving you today, so that it may go well with you and your children after you, and that you may live long in the land the Lord your God gives you for all time. You can kind of hear, like this is a... uh, some, some of you have been telling me just this morning about graduations that took place over this weekend, uh, college graduations, high school graduations that are about to take place pretty soon. And, you know, you're, you're coming to this place where the kids are growing up and they're moving on. And uh, this, this is what I'm kind of hearing echoes of that in Moses as he's talking to this generation. He's like, I'm not going to be going with you. You're going to be moving on. Joshua's going to be taking you in. You're going to have opportunities in front of you to trust God or to not trust God. And please, it's like a, it's like a parent giving his last... His last hurrah, his last shot, you know, while I've got, still got you here, I want to make sure you hear this. You know, God is good. He can be trusted. He's ready to bless you if you'll stick with him. Like got this parental love uh, coming off of, off of Moses to this next generation. It's almost like he's pleading with them uh, to know that there's no other God. Don't let your, don't let your heart be drawn away because... In the, in the perspective of the entire book of Deuteronomy, uh, we face choices. We, they talked about like blessings and curses, right, in the video. And that's, that comes, that's what Deuteronomy is like. like. And that's how it, how it wraps up. It's how it starts out. Uh, it goes throughout the book. This idea that, man, if you, if you listen to God, things will go well. If you don't listen to God, there are consequences. And he spells out what those are. And like the video said, he's not too optimistic uh, because he knows what they're like. Um, and, well, he says that in that, in that chapter, uh, or chapter 4, he says that if they disobey him, he says, the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and only a few of you will survive among the nations to which the Lord will drive you. He's saying, like, you'll get cast out of this land. He's talking about the exile, which is what ends up happening, right? This is why uh, quite a few people think this book of Deuteronomy probably was put together later at some point, uh, because it sure, sure seems to be speaking directly to the people who are in exile. The people who have already, they're looking back and they're saying, man, we should have listened. And so they, they recap for themselves and for their kids. They're like, hey, listen, guys, this is what we should have done. We should have listened. And because we didn't, God did this. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples. Only a few of you will survive among the nations to which the Lord will drive you. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress, he shifts from if to when. So when this happens, when you're in distress and all these things have happened to you, then in later days you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your ancestors, which he confirmed to them by oath. He's, he's basically, Moses is considered the, the first great prophet of the people of Israel. And uh, because he's looking, in part because prophets hear from God and then communicate to the people. And that's basically what Moses does the whole time. So he's doing this whole book. Um, But he's also looking ahead 
And he's saying, like, when this day comes that you find that you haven't obeyed God, there's going to be consequences. You're going to be driven out. Only a few of you will survive. And that's, that's literally what happens. Of the 12 tribes that enter into the nation of Israel, 10 of them are lost for good when the Assyrians come and, and wipe them out. It's only two of the tribes that survive uh, until Babylon comes and then hauls them off into exile. And those two tribes eventually return to the land. Uh, that's the story that we read in the rest of the Old Testament uh, that leads us up to the story of Jesus. Um, so it is, really is only a few of them that survive. The, the curses that come down on them, are the consequences are real. And Moses is trying to help them avoid them. Uh, which is why uh, then in chapter 5, he goes, goes through the whole Ten Commandments again, basically, uh, and then gets to chapter 6 and gives them this Shema, this here, O Israel, uh, which I put there in your notes and we'll have up on the screen. Uh, this translation says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. We recognize this because Jesus grabs this when he's asked about what's the greatest commandment, and he says, well, it's this. And it's this. And in Mark's gospel, he even includes that first part, the hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Or the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Um, so this is the first and greatest commandment. This, is, this should be central, and it was central for them. As they mentioned, they would pray this twice a day. And so I would like for us just to read this together. You can read it off of your notes. You can read it off the screen. Uh, can we read this together? Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Um, it's not a bad one to remember, okay? And I would encourage you at some point this week, before you come back next Sunday, I included a link there at the bottom of your notes to watch the six-part series on the Shema at BibleProject.com. Now, you can go to BibleProject.com and just, you can just type in the word listen or Shema, which is S-H-E-M-A, or you can type in that whole little link I put at the bottom of your notes and it's on the screen. But uh, or you can, th These are all on YouTube as well. So if you go to YouTube and hit Bible Project and listen, uh, you'll find that word for Shema and listen. And there's this little six-part series where they wa walk through the six words uh, that I put there in your notes. And they give just a few minutes to each one, to the word listen, the word Lord, the word love, the word heart, the word soul and strength. To say, what does this mean? What does it mean when it says listen? And we already talked about that. It's more than just sound waves hitting your ear. It's like, no, it's, there's got to be some obedience. There's some response. Listening means, means doing it. If I tell my boys, you're not listening to me, it's not because I don't think they heard me. It's because they haven't gotten off the couch yet. They haven't stopped the TV yet. They haven't put down the tablets. They haven't brushed their teeth, you know, whatever it is. You know, if we're listening to God, that, that includes that we're doing something. Uh, the Lord is that name for God, Yahweh, that was revealed uh, to people um, back in Exodus, revealed to Moses. But, uh, but these next one, I'm just going to briefly touch on these next four. You know, love, we all know, we think, you know, we know what love is, right? It's that ooey-gooey feeling you get when you see that special someone, right? That's love. But No, love is an, a feeling, it's an affection, it's a care for someone. When you love someone, you care for them. And God has affection for his people throughout Scripture. We see that, kind of this parental care that he has for his people. But it's also a commitment. It's also action. Love, when, when God loves us, it's not just him you know, up in heaven, like, smiling and feeling good about us. It's, it's God's love demonstrated. Um, and the same thing for us. If we, if we love, then we, we put that into practice. Uh, you could read John chapter 14 later if you wanted to and hear Jesus over and over again say to his disciples, you know, if, if you love me, then you'll obey my teaching. 
If you don't love me, you won't obey my teaching. He, he links those two together. So if we're going to love God, that means we're going we're gonna to listen to him. We're going to do what he says. It's, it's that little cycle. They're connected like the video showed. And then heart, soul, strength. There's, some, there's one way in which like, this just means with all of who you are, right? With everything you got, love God. All of you belongs to God. Uh, all of your life, devote to him. Um, but if just briefly, um, because they use these words in very different ways than we do, uh, that word heart referred to like the center of their being. They didn't have a real sense in that time of like what your brain did, right? Uh, everything that human beings did was kind of centered on the heart, or at least that was the word that they used. It was the center of your physical life, obviously. You know, your heart stops, you're dead. Um, but it was also the center of emotions. It was the center of thought. It was the center of choices that you made. Um, and so when somebody does something with, their, with all their heart, it's like with all their commitment, with all that they are, uh, they're, they're making this decision. And as the video showed and what, what Moses will talk about later in Deuteronomy, our hearts can grow hard. Our hearts can be corrupt or God can purify our hearts. God can give us a, he can take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, as one of the prophets says later. We can have hearts that are responsive to God. So loving God with all of our heart means I'm going to center my, my life on you, my, my thoughts. I'm going to make sure I'm thinking the way you think and the way you teach me to think. I'm going to make sure that my decisions are in line with, with your decisions and the ways you tell me to live. Uh, soul means uh, something very different than what we think of. When, we, when, we, when I hear soul, I think, oh, it's like that little spirity part of me, right? There's my body, and then there's my soul or my spirit. And, and when I die someday, my body will go in a box or in, get cremated and be in a little urn or whatever, and my soul is what will kind of rise up to heaven and, and float around on clouds or something, right? Uh, but soul, the, the word for soul, the Hebrew word there, it's, it's a word for, like, for a living being. Um, it's actually the word for throat, um, because God, like, it's where our, our, our life, our breath, our food, it all comes through us, and, and we, are, we are living beings. And so when we, we talk about our soul, it's a ref- reference to us as a whole person, as a living being. So loving God with our soul, it's, it's almost like the opposite. It doesn't mean I love God with some, like, weird uh, immaterial part of me. It means, no, my whole being, as a living being, I'm, I'm loving God with all that I am. With my, with my physical, uh, physicality? Uh, anyway, which usually I associate then with that word strength. I think, oh, okay, there's my soul and my strength. It's like my inner and my outer or something, you know. But uh, the soul is the word that really is talking about all of who you are as a, as a living being. And strength is a, is a weird word that basically means, uh, well, it's, it's like a weird word that they've taken from an adjective and turned it into a, or adjective or adverb and turned it into a noun. Um, like, so it basically means like you're with all of your muchness or your veryness, and it gets get used in that way to mean like very in other places. Um, so it's like with all of your, your, I want to say extra, but that's not the right word. Um, and that's why some, when they translated it into Greek, uh, ancient uh, Jewish people, they use that word for power or strength. Um, the folks who were translating into Aramaic sometimes use the word wealth to talk about it, like all of your abundance, your your stuff. Um, but it's this basic idea that like every moment, every opportunity is, is a chance for you to give yourself to God, to love God with all that you have in you. We have the opportunity to, to do that. We're invited to listen and to love. Last week, kind of the theme was about having our eyes opened. You know, and Balaam had his eyes open to see that angel that, was, that the donkey could see and he couldn't. Um, people of Israel needed to have their eyes open to be able to see themselves the way God saw them. Um, 
This week is more about having our ears open, I guess. You know, listening to God, making sure we're paying attention. Uh, because God has said a lot to us. You know, we've got a whole book full of things that God has said to his people down through the years. And, and Deuteronomy is, as that video ended, Deuteronomy is this opportunity to say, you know what, this wasn't just for them back there. This wasn't just for our parents' generation. This is for us too. And now here we are, several generations removed, and saying, you know what, this is the same God who has been faithful, the same God who liberates from slavery, the same God who sets free from sin, the same God who was at work in Jesus a couple thousand years ago is the same God that is here today continuing to speak, continuing to call us to lives of faithfulness, lives of love, love for him, and as Jesus connected, love for our neighbors. Will we listen? Will we know that God is that the Lord is God and there is no other? Will we keep his decrees or will we forget? That's the challenge that the book of Deuteronomy places in front of us. Uh, before we pray, I want us just to read that one more time. Can we just read that, uh, that Shema again, that listen phrase? Um, can we get that back up on the screens? I'm sure we can. Yeah. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, we are grateful that um, in each generation, uh, for each one of us, uh, you speak fresh. You, you help us to understand. You help us to hear that uh, this isn't just stuff that you said to people thousands of years ago. This is you speaking to us today. You have a life that you'd like us to live, a life that uh, stands out from the people around us, a life that is marked by love for you and love for our neighbors, a life that, uh, that's marked by trust in you, confidence in you, that when you call us to something difficult, like the massive challenge that was in front of the people of Israel at that time, you know, when we face massive challenges in our lives, health challenges, career challenges, family challenges, whatever it might be. Uh, when you call us to do something, God, you are with us, and we can trust you. What other God is so near to his people when we pray to you? Thank you, God, for being near to us. You have not kept your distance, and you've demonstrated this in your son, Jesus Christ, that you are willing to get up close and personal with us. You're willing to enter into the mess of, uh, of human existence, the mess that we've made of it. Thank you, God, that whatever we go through, whatever we're going through today, you are with us and you love us. Would you help us, God, uh, just to love you back? Would, would you help us to respond to your amazing love by offering to you all that we are, heart, soul, mind, strength, just every, every bit of us, God. We belong to you, and we want to we love you and follow you, trust you. Thank you, God, that we get a chance to uh, be reminded of your great love in this sacrament of Holy Communion. We offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We remember 
Jesus, that on that night as you gathered with your disciples to celebrate the Passover, uh, that reminding them of your faithfulness uh, in times gone by as you'd rescued your people from slavery in Egypt, you, you made this about yourself, Jesus. You, you helped them to know you are doing something here and now. You said this bread is my body broken for you. This blood, this, this cup is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This is a new covenant, a new agreement being made here and now in your life, in your death, in your resurrection, Lord Jesus. The love of God entering into our mess to rescue us and set us free. Thank you, God. In response, we do offer you ourselves. We acknowledge our need of your grace, of your mercy. We, we confess to you that we have not always loved you with our heart, soul, mind, strength, with, with all that we are. We've not always loved our neighbors as ourselves. We need your forgiveness. And we are so grateful, God, that you offer it freely. We're so thankful that when, when we see your face looking at us, that it is not full of anger or condemnation, but your face is full of love. This is what we see in our Lord Jesus Christ. So today, would you help us to experience your grace, to receive this mercy, to be filled with the Spirit of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Oh, there it is. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, Doug and Mary are going to come and, and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. And uh, I, I'm reminded again how grateful I am to be uh, part of a church that's got so many people who are gifted musically. Uh, Andersons, the Svelbars, the High Saws, and, uh, Pepper and a little, little Dave, a little, uh, little Mark from time to time. Um, yeah, they're going to lead us in a song as we uh, celebrate communion together. I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and then return to your seats. Uh, we've got the regular bread or the little gluten-free wafers. We've got the little, uh, little individual packs if you need one of those. Or if you don't want to get so close and join folks, or if you just that's not easy for you, uh, we've got those on the tables, and you can celebrate there. You can peel it back and get to the bread, peel it back, and get to the juice. It's open to all of us saying yes to Jesus today. Uh, so let's celebrate the amazing love God's shown us in Jesus Christ. Thank you. 
Thank you again, God, for the love you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus, by the work of your Holy Spirit, that you are changing our hearts. You are changing us from the inside out to live lives of love, to to be a people who hear you, who are responsive to you. And so I pray that for us this week, that we would be open to hearing your Holy Spirit, that as you lead us into all the different things that we do, uh, as you lead us into classrooms and workplaces and homes and neighborhoods, and uh, as you lead us into all these different opportunities to love you and to love our neighbors, that we will hear your Holy Spirit speaking to us, guiding us, and that what our hearts will say to you is, yes. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, what, what blessing should I, should I use here at the end of the service all of a sudden? Let's see. Uh, well, maybe I can remember that one from, from Numbers. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.